Bretto, can you believe it? The Wellness Summit is almost here. Oh, I'm P. I'm so excited. I don't know what to do with myself. Well, Bretto, it's been two long years since our last Wellness Summit. And if you're listening to this, folks, and don't have a ticket, then... What are you doing? The Wellness Couch family of podcasters gather for two days in Melbourne on Saturday, August 25 and 26, featuring... The Queen of Nutrition, Cindy O'Meara. The rock star of wellness, Dr. Damien Christophe. Connect with your spirit and soul with Barley Bomb survivor, Karen Smith. Self-care is on the menu with Kim Morrison. Master the art of ageing well with the one and only Marcus Pierce. Oh, shucks, Bretto. What about how to recover from rock bottom with Dr. Brett Hill? Master your stress with Dr. Maria Jushman. Get empowered with Imogen Bailey. Female health experts Dr. Andrea Huddleston and Ashley Bond. Master your sleep with Audra Starkey. The natural nutritionist Steph Lowe. Australian Idol winner, Wes Carr. Woohoo! And Quirky Cooking's Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab and a whole lot more. Oh, what a lineup, MP. Seriously, why would you not be coming to the Wellness Summit? Not to mention our world-class exhibition of Australia's most incredible, sustainable wellness products and services. MP, we've done the final layout. There are less than 100 spaces left. And there's only a few discounted tickets available at thewellnesssummit.com. Marcus, be there or be square. Zazen Alkaline Water presents the 2018 Wellness Summit, Saturday, August 25 and 26 at the Collingwood Town Hall. Getting quick, folks. The final release of discounted tickets available at thewellnesssummit.com. See you there, Bretto. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Welcome to A Quirky Journey. This is your host, Fuad Kassab, and with me from a very noisy office is Joe Witten. <laughs> Hello, Jojo. Hello. Maybe I should go podcast in my car again. <laughs> That was the best thing, you know, like if you can go to the car. It was it's like a sound bubble. Quiet. Yes. And <laughs> you get to uh, drive and podcast at the same time. No, I don't. I sit in the parking lot. No, no I'm just joking. <laughs> Overlooking a lookout or something. Yeah. Quite hey, nice, how, actually. How's, how's your week going? Doing all right? Good. Good, what's yeah. Um, Tell me. Well, a few people asked me how I'm going because I posted about being rather exhausted on the weekend. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's for those of us who are working through healing, um, sometimes you have those times where you just crash and you think you're doing really good and you're going full blast and then you just go a little bit too full blast and then you crash. <laughs> so that's what I did on the weekend mostly. How did that, how did that um, happen? Tell me. Well, I worked hard all week, mostly in front of a computer, which probably is not great. And I didn't manage to exercise much. And so by Friday afternoon, I was feeling the need for exercise. And so, of course, I over-exercised and decided I would do like... Against advice from your best friend. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I kind of just like was like, well, I'm just going to fast track this and I'm going to just get really fit quicker if I just go harder even though I feel dreadful I know it will help me and so I'll just do like four times of these three flights of stairs (laughs) as fast as I can I think I did five actually and um 
yeah, just that killed me. And I thought, no, it's fine. It's just because I needed to do that. And so I sat there for a while and then an hour later I was still feeling like my heart, like I couldn't breathe properly. I was, and I was so, like I honestly had this feeling of utter depletion and exhaustion. Mm. I had to go pick up Isaac from work afterwards and I, I could barely get out of the car and because uh, I had to carry a box of books inside, that was hard. And then um, I went home and I just fell down onto the bed at like five o'clock and didn't really get up until the next day. And then I stayed laying down for 24 hours. So, yeah, and I feel like I'm still recovering from that. So, um, Elise, I had a chat to Elise, our GAPS practitioner, about it. And she's like, Joe, I've been telling you you've got adrenal fatigue. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't think I had it very bad. And I guess I just sometimes. Um, push myself too far so I have to learn to exercise gently and not be impatient <laughs> that's right yes that's right and so, uh, tell us now how are you feeling um still a little bit sleepy like I went to bed last night at like eight thirty and couldn't get up till after seven <laughs> today <laughs> so I'm still a little bit low energy and um it's funny because one of the things that Elise said about the adrenal fatigue was you'll get these bursts of frenetic energy, like hyper, you know, like a adrenaline rush type energy. Mm, yeah. And then you'll get the crash. And that's what, I've, that's what I pretty much did. So if you remember our last podcast, I was probably all hyped and I had a, like a week like that where I was pretty hyped and it tapered off towards the end and then I crashed. <laughs> that was a very difficult week for me. Oh, you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rather? Me will be hyped and crazy. No, and- yes, I would. <laughs> I much prefer. I much prefer managing a hyperactive Joe than a hypoactive Joe. That's right. I keep going to sleep yeah. when you're trying to get me to do work, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. And also, you know, the emotional support that's required. You. Yes. <laughs> Hey, it happened over the weekend and I didn't bother you, did I? Well, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you did all right. No, you know, yeah. you can count on me, Joe. Uh, yeah, I know I can. Well, Thank good. I'm glad you. that you're feeling better. I know the feeling so well. Um, yeah. You guys who have been listening to the podcast for a while might remember my adrenal fatigue episode, which ended up be with me being in bed and on the sofa for a couple of weeks while I had to do gaps to get, you know, to get over mm. it. I just was completely exhausted. I would wake up in the morning, go to the toilet and then feel, Oh my God, I'm exhausted. And I, yeah. and then I go back and go on the sofa and then I'd wake up and um, my wife would have made me some breakfast and I'd eat that and I'd feel like, Oh, I've got to sleep again. So I would go to sleep again. And yeah. it was just completely like that. My body had just said, no, nope, you're going to rest. You haven't really, I've been telling you and you haven't yeah. done. And um, yeah, that's really what, what ended up happening is, uh, you know, a, a further phase of adrenal fatigue came, came on yeah. and that was just too much for my body. And I just had to recover. I had to sit down and rest and, do all the things that were necessary for my body that I should have done before if I had really been paying attention. Well, the thing is it creeps up on you and you think you're doing okay and you feel a little bit, like I wasn't having afternoon sleeps or anything. I wasn't Mm -hmm. at that stage where I felt like I was so exhausted I had to have an afternoon sleep. And so um, just, but I think the steady pressure of working hard and then family and kids stress and the constant running around with kids and cooking and cleaning and all that and then 
the exercise on top of that. That was like the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I've been, Elise did a live video in her, um, Elise Comerford, nat, a nutritionist and GAPS practitioner, her Facebook page. And she did a, a video on adrenal fatigue and I was watching that going, ah, yes, this makes so much sense. And it does help you to understand the symptoms that you start to see at the beginning and how to pull back. And she's done another one on how to eat the right foods to heal from adrenal fatigue. But there's so much else that we want to talk about today, isn't there, Fu? Yeah. Um, besides food, because we've talked about the food side of it so much and, and we will talk about it more, obviously. Um, and you can go to Elise's page. I'll put the link on the show notes. You, you can go and have a listen to her videos because they're really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just wanted to talk today about some lifestyle tips for healing. Before we get on get on to that, though, mm. but some events and things that are happening yes. that we would love for you to attend. I'm doing a dinner on the Woo-hoo. 6th of September in Ketumba. So this is going to be my first dinner ever since I closed my restaurant down. So exciting. And I'm super excited about that. Really, yes. really excited to be doing this. And um, it's... Um, it's going to be great. I'm doing a whole food, gluten-free, Middle Eastern feast. I'm going to be doing Siyadi, which is the dish that I cooked for Maeve O'Meara and Food Safari. That episode is coming out in October, by the way. So it's Oh, the, I can't wait. I'm going to be in the last episode. I'm going to be the last segment in the last episode. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's a good thing. Remember, I, when, you are, when you're asked to finish the um, seminar or finish the episodes it's because they want to finish on a bang that's right and uh, <laughs> I've been a Middle Eastern guy to finish on a bang with so maybe <laughs> me sorry it was a Middle Eastern joke bang stuff All right, cool I don't so, get it you know explosives I won't oh. go into it sorry yeah sorry guys okay <laughs> I can make these oh jokes. Man. Yeah, you can. Yeah. We can't. No. You're not even allowed to laugh about it, Joe. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay. You should be saying no. That's not a nice thing to say. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be great because we. I'm not even sure if there's going to be another food safari. I'm, oh, maybe, this is maybe, it? Not. Well, they've been doing it for a long time, you know, so who knows. Mm. Um, but... Um, yeah, maybe regardless, it's going to be a, a really great episode. And I cooked a dish called Siyadiyi in that episode, which takes, like, honestly, around four or five hours of preparation. Oh, wow. So it's, it's a lot of work, a lot, a lot of work. And it's, it's this really opulent, epic dish made mm-hmm. with beautiful fish and spiced rice and it's sort of made with a burnt stock so you burn some onions and you boil the stock in it and then you cook the fish in some clear stock and you cook the rice with lots of spices and butter and the um the, the burnt stock so it has this kind of smoky flavor to it and then the whole thing gets covered with like a load of nuts and um you know almonds and pistachios and tahini sauce it's just I'm glad i ate my lunch before you told me that oh it's so good so i'm gonna be cooking hungry, that but... yeah it's mm. Come, please. I come. want to come. Oh, yeah. you're not asking me? Yeah. Asking them? <laughs> you, whoever. Do you want to come? Of course I want to come, but I don't know if I can because, you know, I'm trying not to overdo it. <laughs> well, I'm also doing a dinner a couple of days before you arrive to Melbourne at Boris Harrison with my That's friends. Boots. So if you want to bring your schedule forward a bit. I've got people I'm traveling with, so I don't think I'll be able to. Let but. them travel on their own. Then yeah, you that's can a come. good idea. Yeah, they can come. 
Emma yeah. and India can get on a plane together. You're That's in true. Melbourne. Oh, perfect. Good plan. Do it. So there's that. And then um, we've got Tasmania happening. Yes. Which dates are that? So that's the oh, twin. Hold on. Wellness Summit. Didn't talk about that. Wellness Summit, yes. So first there's the Bar Saracen Dinner. So we'll yeah. put the link in there. So if you live in Melbourne and you want to go to one of the Lard's dinners. Mm. And then there's, that's the 23rd of August. Yeah. That's and then so 25th and 26th is Wellness Summit. There's no link for Saracen at the moment. So okay. if you want to book, you can probably call them up and put your name down. That's a good um, idea. We can put the link to their website or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the Wellness Summit, which we have group discount code for. So if you want to come, we can get you in for less than half price because we have a bulk quirky discount. Uh, yes. Like a group booking discount. And the group quirky group group booking coupon, I think it's called quirky group booking. Yes, right? that's mm-hmm. the just that's the code. That is the code, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All one word. All one word. Quirky group booking. Yes. And you get it for one hundred and twenty-seven dollars, which is instead the, of two ninety-seven. Yeah. For the weekend. Really cheap. Yeah, yeah. But get it for one twenty-seven, and then send ten dollars our way because we sort of. Uh, <laughs> really, it's ridiculously cheap. I just buy our book. If I lived in Melbourne, I'd take all my family there. I'd be like, "Come, yeah." And Honestly, it. it's it's such a great weekend. Yeah. You won't regret it. Come along, and then Tazzy. Then Tazzy. So that's twenty eighth, 29th and thirtieth. We've got three seminars in Tazzy. So the first one, twenty eighth, is Bernie. 29th is Launceston and 30th is Hobart. Wow. So much going on. Yeah. And uh, so I'm going to be doing most of the work because Joe's got adrenal fatigue. <laughs> so then if you come Why do you think I'm bringing India? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe she can uh, say she's Joe and she's like, hi guys, I'm Joe Witten. Except no. she doesn't like talking in front of people. She's a bit quiet. Well, you never used to like talking in front of people. No, that's true. I grew out of it. That's right. Yeah. So maybe I grew into it or whatever it is. That's it. So that's she does it. she does run tours in the rainforest and yeah. tells people about trees and fruit. So Yeah. yeah. You tell she's, people she's about getting better. As well. Yeah. There we go. So much in common. <laughs> Seeing she's my daughter. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and, and Anna Bowen is travelling with us who's Oh uh, yes. Awesome. Jones really good friend and she's yeah. like she's a, a, an incredible massage therapist she's like oh, oh, she's so good. and we said look we'll pay for the accommodation and the food because she's tiny she's like you know I don't know so well, you don't realise she actually eats a lot does she? yeah I don't, I don't she's know. one of these tiny people that eat a lot really? Oh. yeah <laughs> that's yeah. why she keeps laughing and saying to me does he does he know how much i eat oh. <laughs> i i bet i bet it's nothing like you know, <laughs> might think it's a lot compared to me you know it's probably no, maybe not compared to so you. let's see. so she's gonna come and um you know be our massage therapist oh my god that's ridiculous. It sounds a bit too much actually cancel it, it sounds too <laughs> too lovely People would think that we're like, oh, we've got a traveling massage. Like a rock band. This is not what's going on at all. We've got our events manager, our massage therapist. What can India be? Um, Um, A source of annoyance. Oh, you love India. I do. (laughs) She can sing for us. 
even more favorite than Joe with him. Aww. Joe's both upset and happy about it because she loves her daughter, but also she wants to I'll survive. Yeah, you'll be all right. And um, so I've never been to Tassie before, so it's going to be my first Can't wait. Yeah. So let's see how that goes. I've got a few friends who live there, so yeah, yeah, I'm going to pick that up. And um, yeah, man, I think we've talked a lot already. Maybe that yes. we should call that a day. That's enough for a podcast. No. Oh. We haven't talked about the lifestyle tips yet. Yes. So let me tell you about the lifestyle tips. Okay. The other day, when we mentioned this in the talk with uh, Elise. We had a, a podcast with Elise. And I got this uh, message on the Quirky Cooking um, Gut Health Program Facebook. And this person was asking for a friend of hers who is a single mom of two kids and she works and she has this eczema that sometimes makes her like makes it necessary for her to uh, go to hospital it's like it gets that bad which is i know how bad that that mm. is like for me i've needed to be hospitalized before um and um you know luckily uh, avoided it i'm not saying that if you need to be hospitalized you shouldn't do it you should you should go to the hospital if it goes severe I did just didn't know that I was that bad myself because I had had eczema and acne all my life and I just was just used to it. Mm. But I know how bad it can be. And um, the question was, you know, what can she do to start, uh, you know, maybe doing gaps or something like that. And I just panicked at the idea of a single mm. mom of two who works and he's, she's got such severe eczema, probably doesn't have a huge amount of support, you know, around her when yeah. she to be able to do this to start going full on with gaps because it is a demanding diet it's not easy it's not easy to go on gaps when your situation doesn't really permit it so then i started thinking with joe about what can people do like what should people do before they move on to the harder gradient of looking at their diet and doing the intro stuff so um we have this um, document called our top tips for good gut health which we are putting as a download in our online gut health program you can get it when free you, download when you just go to gaps.quirkycooking.com it's still not ready yet give it a week but this document is um, the basis of what we are sharing today so we're going to be talking about some of the points that we put in that document the document is split in half half of it is lifestyle stuff and the other half is food related things so we want to talk about the lifestyle the things that you can get in order so that you actually have a bit more space and energy in your life to be able to go on the more demanding aspects of healing. Changing your diet. Yeah, sure. Okay, so the first, first, first thing that you need to work on, we believe, is simplifying your life. And um, I think as we all know, life can get far too busy with all the things that we pile into it and it's hard to say no. You know, you want to hang out with your friends and family, you want to go to all the things and the events that are on and your kids have sports and dancing and concerts and whatever and there's school and there's work and it becomes this, sometimes it feels like you are in a cyclone. It's so crazy. And if any of you have ever made that decision to pull back and to start taking things out of your calendar and to start saying no to things that are not absolutely necessary, you'll know how freeing that is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And especially when you're really exhausted and you're struggling with your health, um, 
you've got to pare down your calendar and pare down all those extra activities because they're just putting so much stress and pressure on you. And it may be, it may be good things. It may be things that, you know, like music lessons and it may be um, hanging out with friends that, you know, it's all good things, but it can just be too many things. And do you want to say something? No. Go ahead. Okay. And I just have found in my own life, um, sometimes you have to go into survival mode, I call it, and just pull right back and for a while kind of hibernate um, and just let the stress levels calm down for a while and don't overcommit. And especially when you're working on healing, it's some it's a really important thing to do is to just hibernate a bit <laughs> and explain to your friends and family you know what you're doing and that it's temporary it's not that you don't want to ever see them again and you don't want to ever do anything again it's just that you need some time out yeah and and joe mentioned that you know it could all be good stuff but here mm. i'll give you a scenario that is quite common and okay see if you're if you relate it to your life or not you have a busy life um you and your partner both work or you have a busy home life um you got kids um go to school a lot of things that they do outside of them um you wake up in the morning you need your coffee you push your adrenal glands because of the coffee so that you can get through the day you have a couple maybe one or two or three but it's more than um your body can naturally give in terms of its energy you are being pulled in all areas, you, the house needs to uh, look a certain way or and you need to be able to afford certain things. You want to mm. maintain a certain look. Uh, you want to be able to maintain relationships in a way that you've always been able to do that before you've had this busy life. You have some financial goals that require you to stretch yourself to several investment properties or one or maybe even struggling to make ends meet with the rent. And you've got all these things coming in and, and they're piling up and you're going through, you're uh, eating as well as you can. Sometimes you skip a meal when you uh, shouldn't be doing it. Sometimes you eat too much sugar when you shouldn't be doing it. Sometimes you reach for some junk food or some easy meal from a cafe where they're using ingredients that don't really do well with you. All these things are piling up in, in your life and then you crack. And if then you say, I'm going to go on gaps and fix this, mm. you haven't addressed the root cause of the problem that got yeah. you. It wasn't the food that got you here. It was the way that you were living. And you have to be able to look at your life and get rid of the unnecessary things Mm -hmm. There are areas of stress that are unnecessary. You have to be able to identify them, which means you're going to need to take some time out of your life to be able to look at it without the momentum of the chaos that you're living in. Yeah. And that perspective will allow you to identify these areas where you can say, you know what? I don't need to do this. Maybe while I'm recovering, I don't need to make X amount of money yeah make enough money just to survive for the next six months and then maybe cut down on my work from being five days a week to being three days a week or two days a week and use the other time to do something else and then start getting your life in order so that this momentum that got your body in such a stressed state which then puts you in a disease state because of the chronic stress you this is this is the way forward for you. It's not a, it's not about going gaps or you know having more probiotic food or anything like that because you're still under immense stress. And if you don't get rid of that stress, 
you know, simplifying your life, you probably won't get better. So yeah. have a redefinition of the goals that you want for the next six months or a year or whatever it is and get out of the momentum that you built in your life and you've been running on without examining for a period of time. If you can re-examine your life, this is the way to do it. This is why I do things like vision quests or I go to nature quite often, Joe. It's because mm. I, I need to step out of my own momentum in order to look at the areas that are bringing me stress in my life. And I tell you, I don't have a stressful life. I really don't. But my body, because of the years of stress yeah. that I have had, is really fragile now compared to how resilient it used to be. So I need to be in a constant, constant um, look. I need to be constantly looking at these things yeah. and just making sure I, I go back to a more peaceful way of living. I find with having kids that have health struggles, um, like working through things pretty constantly with kids, that is an underlying, it may not feel like, oh no, I'm so stressed out, but there's that low-grade stress that is kind of constant when you have to be on top of diet and you have to be on top of um, you know, all the things with the kids' health or even just keeping up with um, kids that um, need a lot of help with school or things like that. It's kind of a low-grade stress that's always there and that can really suck your energy and, and cause you, um, you know, to to start to get unwell. And I have found that in my life, I need to really cut down on, on the extra stuff so that I have the energy for my family mm. um, and for myself. So that's one of the things that I've found. And even um, for those of you who, like Fouad was saying, you have these expectations, like especially when young and single or you don't have any kids yet, um, you have a certain level of life, but you have to pull things back sometimes <laughs> when you have kids and things get a bit crazy. And you have to, like you said, what, reset your expectations of what you want in life and simplify those expectations. I think it's really important not to be um, on social media following people who are pushing a way of living that is way beyond what you can manage and just causes you stress to look at it because you want that but you can't have it or you can't, you feel like I've got to constantly strive to be just like them. Don't just, don't follow those kind of people. They're not helping you. Mm -hmm. I had to unfollow some people like that. And it's not that um, they're doing anything wrong. It's just that you start getting these expectations for yourself that are unrealistic. Yeah. Um, so if you're feeling triggered by someone that you follow on social media, you know, you can simply unfollow it. No, it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It's just no. that stress in your life. You don't need to go, oh, well, I shouldn't feel triggered by this or that. Mm. Don't make a it, out of it, but just take it out of your life. And it's also seasons of life, and I think we have to remember that, that you go, like, for instance, that season of life where your kids are really little, oh. you, can't, you can't have very much extra in your life and you can't have big expectations of what you're going to do in a day and you're going to decorate your house and you're going to do all these arts and crafts and you're going to paint and you're going to do music and you just it just doesn't work no. I think I spent 10 years without doing any artwork and it just that killed me because I love art but it was just my time was all sucked up by children and I don't say that that's a good thing I probably should have worked out a way to have my creative outlet more although mm. cooking became my creative outlet I suppose 
Um, and that's where well, Quirky Cooking started. Struggled as well. I was really struggling with my health back then yeah. so badly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just had to really learn to pull back. And I think, um, yeah, you become more peaceful when you do, what, like Fawad says, going out into nature and spending time alone and having well, those got into nature thing too, too much, so let's not no, talk I won't. Much about that one. I won't. But you know what, Joe? Like, mm-hmm. It's not realistic as well. Like, yeah. This, this kind of... Um, mom or dad that can do everything oh. that is just maybe people who are you know of amazing health and they've got support and they've got all this, this stuff that they can do for most of us the great majority of us it's not achievable no. these are not goals that we can set ourselves we can't be a successful parent and successful at work and be able to be an after school parent that does this or that and looks after all the creative outlets of the kids mm-hmm. it's not a natural way for us to be anyway no. like ki- kids usually used to educate themselves artistically they, yeah that's right it wasn't something that um, the parents needed to be involved in like and they'd the, run around and play, you know, after school with their friends and make their own cricket games or soccer games or whatever. And it wasn't really yeah. parents having to run them to everything constantly. Yeah. And, you know, playing um, like competitive sports becomes such mm. a, a thing that the parents need to dedicate their time to. Yeah, it's well. gigantic. And this has actually replaced normal like backyard playtime. Mm-hmm. So it's just important to find that time for that free play again because yeah. free play is actually very, very powerful for ch- child development. It's really it powerful. It's not something to go, oh, you know, have regimented um, play or like ballet or all, the, all that kind of stuff. You know? And um, the bigger the family, the more difficult this burden is oh, yeah. as well. So yeah. you, know, you can't put those expectations on yourself and at least, you know, try to minimize to the point where it's doable without you can do it without pushing yeah. mm. all right well what's Good next job? what's the next point detoxing the home yeah. do you want to start that one yeah sure like so I, one of the things that i think about at home is if you want to change the way that you eat there's a big learning curve a lot of people need to maybe learn how to cook for the first time mm. or they need to go, is this ingredient good for me? Can I eat that? Can I not eat that? What do I do with this? What do I do with that? And this kind of uh, learning curve may be too steep initially for you to start seeing uh, the big results. I mean, of course, it's always pays to move to whole food. It's always pays to start including uh, nourishing, nutritionally dense ingredients in your cooking, or at least cooking if you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. But what I find is we are in a home that is constantly uh, bombarding us with chemicals from the rugs that we buy that are made of chemicals that are emitting terrible stuff into mm. and the couches and the couches and the shampoo that we're using. If you bought your shampoo, your conditioner, your hand wash, if you bought all these from the supermarket, there's a 95% chance that you brought something toxic into your house because mm-hmm. of all the products that they have in the supermarket, maybe one range, if it's there, is actually good for you and doesn't contain any nasty stuff that's causing you like hormonal disruption or being sucked into your bloodstream and causing you some issues there we're not really meant to be putting uh, man-made chemicals on our body. Uh, We're not meant to be using these things around the house. We're not meant to be sterilizing everything. We're not meant to be, um, you know, 
washing everything with antibacterial soap or sprays. And all these things are causing a lot of health issues in the home. But if you move away from all these things that you're buying um, that are causing you problems and you start knowing what products to replace them with, then it's done. You've done it. You've got the dishwashing liquid sorted out. You've got the body lotion sorted out. You've got your conditioners, your deodorants. You know what you're getting. And you know what to buy each time because you, yeah, you become used to the new brands. Yeah, and, and it, like you, you haven't made a change of habit. You haven't had to learn something new. There are great resources out there about where to buy these things or what kind of brands to buy. So all you're doing is replacing one for one. So instead of using this shampoo, you use that shampoo. Instead of using this hair wash, uh, sorry, body wash, you use that one. Uh, so, you know, for me, like I only use Willida, which is an incredible mm. brand for uh, um, body lotions, shampoos. Not that I use shampoo, but <laughs> for my kids. And uh, even toothpaste and deodorants and all that kind of stuff. You can just find one brand that you trust that does all of that. And Makes it so simple. It does, yeah. And, you know, you might go, well, this is more expensive, but yes, but it's not killing you and it's not uh, placing a burden on your ability to handle stress. It's not um, causing you mental fog. It's not causing you hormonal disruption. So you weigh it out and see if the cost of chronic illness in the long term is worth it or it's better to buy higher quality products that you'd be able to function with in the home. I found the Walida products are pretty, um, you know, they're not a terribly high price ticket anyway. Like some, sometimes you'll get these really um, niche brands that are very yeah. high, even, even ones that aren't non-toxic. They're just like hairdresser brands or whatever. Yes. They're so expensive, but you can get really good ones that are, um, not too expensive. So just look around. Our recommendation is to, um, you know, go and have a look at Alex Stewart's website, Lotox Life. She's going to be on the podcast next week and so you'll hear lots about how to do this. Um, so we won't go into heaps of detail here. Yeah. Um, but she's got a new book out called Lotox Life that it's just so simple. It's a beautiful book. Have you seen it yet, Paul? I've seen, um, yeah, she showed it to me when we were oh, at the that's right. Yeah, it's a really good book. And it, I think it's really helpful for people just beginning when they just go, I don't know where to start. But there's so many simple swaps that you can make. Um, so don't let it become an overwhelming stress in your life. Just start working on doing the swaps. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Do you have anything else to add in that area, Jojo? Um, makeup. I think for women who wear makeup, it is important to know about what's in your makeup things like eyeliner and mascara can have heavy metals in them um you may have seen on the news recently there was the three young girls that got very very sick in a family and it was because of the eyeliner they were using had 84 percent lead mm. um so you know be uh-huh. really careful with your oh, it's terrible you'd be really careful with what you let your young girls use they want to be like their friends and use all this stuff. So just keep an eye on the products. And I just went out when, when my daughter turned 13 and wanted to start using bits and pieces of, you know, not much, but lips, lip gloss and different things. I started, um, I went, I actually tried a few different brands and I asked them, I want stuff for young girls and I figured out which ones to use. And um, yeah, she's doing really well with those. And it's just 
something that you need to start them off right in the beginning with not the cheap and nasty supermarket yeah. stuff. Well, the thing about, you know, poor makeup is that the more you use, the more of it you need as well. That's it, because it, it creates kind of, problems. Yeah, it's creating, it's damaging your skin. So then you yeah. need more to hide it. Clog up the pores and create pimples yeah. and things, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So you want to avoid all that. The younger mm. person is the better. If you need help figuring out what brands for makeup as well, um, Nourished Life is a great website. She researches all the makeups and the things that she sells on her site and um, so you can check on there for the different brands. Um, And I have some suggestions as well, which I'm happy to send if anyone wants to email me, Mm. things that I use and love. Beautiful. Maybe we'll put a a document up somewhere. where people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, All right. My next uh, area is decluttering the house. This is this is something I'm doing. This is your favorite area. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Not really. I've come from um, a really a tidy home, but I was never taught or was never instilled in me to be tidy myself because my mom did all the all the tidy up, you know, like it was just yeah. crazy. And she definitely was kind of obsessive about it. So I just felt even if I did it, it wouldn't be right in her eyes. So I just left it to her. Almost. <laughs> but um, I never really learned the habit. And that was quite detrimental for me. So I, you know, um, I hoarded stuff, you know, not like in a, like not a, you know. Not like a television hoarder. Those are pretty scary. I've actually been into a hoarder's house. I sent oh. Oh, God, that's crazy. I'd be um, claustrophobic. Yeah, and um, I th- they don't actually realize. No. Crazy thing. Man. So maybe we're all hoarders, but we don't know about it. But to I, some certain degree. <laughs> yeah. So I, he, here's what I do these days is, um, first of all, my wife, Lainey, she, um, before we moved to this house here, she's like, I'm going to get rid of a lot of stuff in the house. She was completely thinking about, about the move to the Blue Mountains. She, she didn't want to bring a lot of uh, unnecessary things. So there's this uh, method called the Conmari method. Or, um, Conmari? Yeah, Conmari. Conmari. Yeah, and her name is Mary Kondo. Is the is the woman who does it. And she's, she's a Japanese woman who has this really incredible method of uh, decluttering. And she doesn't declutter like by room she declutters by category she's like all right let's get all the books and then she gets all the books puts them in one place and gets rid of the ones that uh, you don't need and the question he asks is like is it useful or uh, does it bring joy Uh, like do i need it and does it bring joy i think these are the questions that you ask and if if you need it then you keep it Uh, if you don't need it does it bring joy and if it does bring joy you keep it and if it doesn't bring joy you get rid of it and then she's got like a specific method yeah and and she's got like start with this part and move to that part of the house and like that part of that category and then that category and that category because she has got it down pat to a method Mm. and you can see videos of the method on youtube she talks about it a lot are they like speed it up fast motion so you can see (laughs) (laughs) someone decluttering their house that'd be cool Lainey got her book, which we had to then. Yeah, I've got it on. I'm just joking. Nah, <laughs> you didn't love it. <laughs> no, but it wasn't useful. We already did it. Oh, but, okay. Uh, but no, see if you get it on Kindle, then it doesn't clutter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's a good idea. But then I've got six Kindles. No, <laughs> zero Kindles. Uh, I use my phone. Yeah, my computer for my Kindle. Yeah, but. 
man, it's really like, it's such a, a big thing. I'll tell you, like a cluttered house, I've realized that it is an, the representation of the inner mind. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm, if I'm sort of always sort of uh, busy in my head, overthinking stuff and whatever, it's quite often that my house is messy. So if I tidy up the house, my mind becomes clear. And yeah. if I tidy up my mind, I tidy up the house more. And I found a really cool thing to do is to purposely put things in place. Because quite often, I'll just take something and put it somewhere. Don't not even think about what I've done. But a like if you grab, this is, sounds woo-woo, but if you get, grab a cup and you put it down without thinking, or you put it in the same place and go, I'm actually going to put it here, this, this cup or the glass that you put down behaves differently in the room internally for you because you don't feel that that thing is out of place. You feel that you've actually put it in place. Mm-hmm. When something is put in place and everything around is put in place around you, you feel that things are organized and that you're on yeah. top of your life somehow. So this having this conscious awareness of where you're placing your things makes a big, big difference. So the, this is the extreme that I went to the other day. Like I came back, um, I went uh, bush and I came back and I noticed my family was out uh, the day after and I noticed that the house was, um, like I had put stuff on every surface. There was just something on every surface and I just couldn't believe how messy I was. So I went and I tidied every aspect of this house <laughs> and put everything in its place. Everything was sort of square. There was nothing sort of out of alignment, a bit OCD-ish, the behavior. But, um, <laughs> but it was like everything just went in place. And then Lainey comes and opens the door. And I kid you not, she opened the door. There's nothing in the hallway to see that the house has been tidy. And she goes, whoa, like that. She was just... <laughs> She couldn't believe it. She could like, feel the tidiness it, from the front door. It was crazy. I, I don't know what that is, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm just telling, sharing my experience of what took place. And, um, you know, she, she felt the house was nicer. Yeah. Because, you know what, like, just like human beings, a house could be constipated. And if you don't, you know, get rid of the rubbish and tidy things up, then it's just not going to feel like a, a nice place to live here. I think one of the things that my mum taught me was um, before you go to bed at night, always tidy up the kitchen counters and around the sink so that that's not full of dishes and always tidy the lounge room. So when you get up in the morning and you walk into your living area, it feels like welcoming. It doesn't feel like, oh, I've got so much to do before I can even start my day. Yeah. And I know that makes a big difference for me. If I tidy up at night, in the morning I feel much more energised. Yeah. Um, another thing that I find is if I have to do a talk or a seminar, I've got to write, I'm trying to write a blog post, I'm trying to write an article. Every time I try to sit down, if my room and my desk area or the kitchen area, wherever I'm working, if it's a mess, I cannot concentrate yep. until I've cleaned that up. And sometimes when my kids were little, um, it would take me till 10 o'clock to clean up and then I could write and it would drive me crazy, but I just couldn't do it until I'd got everything tidy and then I, then my brain started to work. <laughs> so it really helps. You, it, I find it helps my creativity. If things around me are in order and tidy, I don't have to think about them. Maybe that's what you were saying with the cup. It's like once you um, you know that it's in the right place, you don't have to think about it anymore. It's out of your mind, so it's decluttered your mind. <laughs> 
That's probably yeah. what, what it is, you know. I yeah. also think, like, um, just at an even deeper level, you know, like, there's just, um, there's something about a human being that is in an environment that is just the way it's supposed to be, mm. rather than when it's not. Because we like putting things in order. Mm-hmm. We don't, like we say, things aren't organizing. We, we, we sense that there's something wrong with something that's disorganized. Mm. It causes us issues. Like, because if it didn't, we wouldn't think about it. Everything would be yeah. crowded. So it's just important to organize things. And if you haven't done it for a while, get onto it. You know, get mm. onto it and see the difference. Um, it just could be a lifelong habit that you can easily break. And, yeah. And then if you want to make changes with your food and you've gotten rid of 40% of the unnecessary things that are around in the house, mm-hmm. which you have, are just like you're living in a place oh, yes. that's like falling down on you and you got get rid of all that stuff. You have more mental space for cooking. Actually, I have to mention this. When we started GAPS, you know how when you first start GAPS intro, your food is simplified so much? Yes. Um, my I used to do the bulk orders, well, I still do through co-ops, but not as much as I used to, but I used to order every sort of grain that you could imagine, the, all the different nuts, the coconut, the different, you know, there was so, the different sweeteners. I had so much stuff in my kitchen and in my freezer and in my fridge and in my pantry and stored in <laughs> containers in my laundry cupboards. I'm not joking. I had, it was like, I look like a doomsday prepper. <laughs> There was stuff everywhere. (laughs) But then when I started GAPS, I I started getting rid of all that. Mostly I gave it to my mum. She uses up all my things that I'm like, mum, I don't think I'll use this. That's fine. I'll use it. (laughs) Um, She's she's not a hoarder. She just has a lot of people to cook for. Um, It's a bit of a No, your mum actually is not a hoarder. No, it's very simple, her kitchen, but I don't know where all the food goes, I guess, into all the visitors. Um, But she, like I just cleaned it all out and I ended up with one big drawer in the kitchen and one small cupboard as my pantry that was it after all those years of cupboards in the laundry and everywhere um, and when I'd open my freezer all that was in there was meat fish broth um, and some maybe some frozen meals and sometimes some frozen veggies and berries Mm. um, and that and maybe some um, desiccated coconut or nuts and that was it and so my I cl- I, like I just did such a big clean out in my kitchen as well. And that was so freeing. <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah. I can open my pantry and see that I've just got, you know, re- very basic ingredients. Yeah, spices so, tend to be a, an area of hoarding as well. Okay, yes, I need to work on that still. Yeah, <laughs> spice drawers. Yeah, I do have a large spice drawer, but I do need to declutter that. Yeah. Next, next on the list. But, you know, even our cookbook... Um, I think reflects this because my first cookbook was there was a lot of ingredients in that cookbook and our cookbook that we did because my cooking has simplified so much um, we used much simpler ingredients in the second cookbook mm, yeah mm. definitely More, you know ingredients that um, aren't expensive they don't or difficult, uh, to find. difficult to find yeah absolutely yeah so declutter your kitchen while you at it <laughs> well, well um, Here's one, the family thing. I'll, I'm going to read this because mm-hmm. uh, it, it just makes me laugh, the way that we wrote it in the document. Can I read okay. it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Quite often we find the most pushback for change comes from the people closest to us, our family. 
It's easy to understand. Human beings are creatures of comfort and habit. Take away their pasta and you may very well see their ugly side. <laughs> Tantrums, incessant crying, alienation, grumpiness and sour behavior are all common. And that's just usually the partner. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, now we're not saying that this issue is going to be completely solved by talking to your family about why you're making changes. At least, however, you could have a better outcome and far less resistance when your family knows the importance of these changes and that you are doing it for everyone's benefit. Perhaps watch a relevant documentary such as The Magic Pill on Netflix or other good docos like that sugar film. Yeah. What do you think of that, Joe? I love it. It's so true. I, I remember very well starting gaps and there was door slamming and crying. That actually was the kids. <laughs> and that was because of the no bread thing. Yeah. So that was, they were not happy about no bread, but they oh. got over it. They got over it and they yeah. thanked me later. Oh. Well, you've got some good bread for them later. You, know, you managed yeah, that's right. to come up with the gaps bread recipe. And yeah. That worked well. Yeah. Love it. But, um, I think it's very important to... I found it was a really good thing to go through the reasons why you're doing what you're doing with your kids, if they're old enough to understand, Mm. obviously. Mm. Um, Mine were teenagers, so it was much simpler to explain and to actually get them to read things, listen to podcasts with me or watch documentaries with me, Um, especially Isaac because it was mainly for him. And he got right into it and studied it up for himself and that really helped and also just for, for the rest of the family, if they're sort of just along for the ride but some of them aren't that um, well and they feel like they don't need it so much, at least explain it as a way to support their brother, sister, mother, father, whoever it is that's really needing the help. Yeah. Um, and that's what I did. I explained to my other kids, this is so important for your support. We can't do this like half the family eating one way and half the family eating up the other way because it just it jeopardises, yeah. you know, what you're doing. Um, my husband did have, I've told this before, he did have his own little cupboard of things that he sometimes put in there that was only daddy's, like bread or, which was gluten-free bread or muesli bars or things like that. Yeah. Um, and the kids knew not to eat it because that was dad's. Yeah. So you may have to work around it a little bit, but just helping them to understand why makes such a big difference. And um, one thing around this area of like education that you're talking about, you know, like I, because I, I haven't had to really deal with. No, you're a little. Yeah, mine, you know, it's quite young. So they just, that's all they know, unfortunately. Yesterday I said, <laughs> I mentioned something like schnitzel and, and Sarah's like, what the schnitzel? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, poor Aussie kid, you know, like if he <laughs> doesn't know what a schnitzel is, it's going to be made fun of at school later. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Aussie staple. But uh, the the funny thing is um, education does play a big part. Like for us, mm-hmm. um, I've, I tell uh, a different version, of, like, not, you know, more expanded version of the story. But we've got this book that we sell in the store called Happy Happy Poo, which oh, yes. the kids, uh, it's a kid's book, and it talks to them about probiotics and healthy eating. It's a funny um kind of book um it, you know personifies all these good guys and bad guys and stuff and uh, i won't spoil the story you get to hear it in the seminar because it's quite funny but when <laughs> uh started reading the book for the kids um they started wanting to eat fermented foods more and they were more uh willing to 
tasted and you know try different things because they had the good guys in them and that just made it you know easier for us because the family was informed around the health benefits of eating these things so there's a lot of stuff that you can use to support yourself mm. definitely um can we just mention in here how to talk to your friends about it because there was a question in the quirky gaps group today i noticed from a lady saying that is the thing that scares her the most about changing her diet and working on health is being different from all her friends not being able to eat with everyone else at social gatherings Mm. feeling like the odd one out um so you know while you're talking to your family about it i really feel like you do need to help your friends understand why you're doing what you're doing as well. And if you're, if they're true friends and they really love you, they will understand that this is something that you're doing to get well and that they need to support you in it, even if they don't need to do it or want to do it themselves. And of course you need to be careful not to um, hassle them about how they eat or anything. Um, But I found with our kids, um, once they explained to their friends why they were doing it, their friends became really supportive and their cousins and I've had my older um, cousins, the kids' older cousins actually like keep an eye on them when they're out and say, hey, don't you eat that, that's not gluten-free and stuff like that. So it's been really good to see um, once, once their friends and our friends and family understand that they're much more supportive. Yeah, and also with with um, sort of feeling like the odd one out in the fan in the friend group. Let's say you go to a restaurant, and um, it becomes a bit of an issue trying to determine what kind of food there is that you can do well with. It's a good idea to have a look at the menu beforehand, make mm. a decision, maybe call the restaurant and say, "Look, I'm coming with my friends, and I've got these dietary issues. Can you make something up ahead for me?" And quite often, a restaurant will be happy to do that. They wouldn't mind at all. So then it takes away that kind of social awkwardness of having to order something different or thinking, oh, there's no food that I can eat here and feeling like you're left out when everyone is having a great meal. Yeah, that's a really good bit of advice. Um, I also did, with the kids, I also always made sure I made something special that they could have when we went to someone's house or to a party or a social gathering so that, but enough for them to share with their friends. mm. So some, some lovely cupcakes or... Um, the type, you know, the pizzas and things that they could have that I made homemade, but enough for them to share. And then their friends were like, oh, these are really nice. And they feel like, oh, good, I'm eating with my friends. And you can also do that with your friends. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And, um, okay, what's, maybe we'll have time for one more point, Joe. What do you reckon? Okay, yeah, go ahead. No, you, you choose wanna, one. Well, do you want to do the outdoors one? Uh, no, I speak a lot about Leave that. Outdoors. Yeah. Okay. Leave that one for later. Um. Well, let's, let's go on to choose your people carefully because that carries on from what we're saying. Um, I think. Number seven. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. a good one. Um, okay. So talking about friends, sometimes you will find that you'll start to gravitate towards um, a new friend group if things change a lot. Um, or you may just start to find some other friends that are more like-minded to add to your friend group. Um, so like Fuad's written down here in our document, if you want to walk fast, walk alone. But if you want to walk far, walk together. And it's so true that when you have a really good support network, it really helps to um, move you forward on your journey. And I think with healing and when you've got a special diet or you just need to work on eating healthier, um, there's an incredible power in having that positive peer pressure 
<laughs> if that's the right way to say it, um, well, to have that support and community around you that are all going, yes, you're doing a great thing. Well, but it also keeps you accountable. So, yeah, it I guess that is a form of peer pressure. That, um, a good, a positive, a positive form. Yeah. yeah. Also, people who understand the difficulty of staying on track, you know, because... Uh, and cheer you on. You know, if you fail, they don't mm. blame you for it. They just say, no. oh, okay, get back on, you know, back, do it. You can do it. Get back on it. But yeah. this is um, definitely a, a big part. And um, if you can't find these people face-to-face, an online community yeah. does a really good job. I think that's, you know, the big reason why Quirky Cooking is such mm. a thriving community because people could be anywhere in the world and they find that there's a lot of like-minded people who are talking about things that are relevant to them, that they can have exchange of ideas, they can learn from each other, they support each other. It's a big deal. It really is. It really is. And um, even, you know, between Joe and me, you know, like this is Mm. having someone like Joe in my life just makes it easier for me to, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, when I'm struggling, go, hey, what about this? And Joe, for instance, would recommend an article or she would recommend a podcast for me to listen to or something like that, which then leads me in the right direction. Something maybe I wouldn't have come across myself, but uh, she has. So it, you know, broadens the available knowledge base as well and makes you able to learn more quickly. And just having someone who's like will come alongside and say, hey, I know you're having a bad day or I know that you feel like you've gone backwards or you've Mm -hmm. messed up whatever, but Mm -hmm. hey, I'm here for you and it's going to get better and, you know, keep going and that's, you know, that's so important. Yeah. Um, I think also uh, we mentioned the, the quirky cooking community. So we have the quirky cooking chat group and we also have a quirky gaps group and a gut health program support group. And in all those groups, I've found it's a really lovely um, community spirit. And it's, you know, some groups on Facebook and online um, forums can get quite nasty. And we really guard against that in our group and we're careful how we speak to people in the group and we've really encouraged kindness and um, looking out for each other. And it's just been beautiful to see it grow and to see like the other day someone uh, messaged and said, hey, um, I have a form of cancer, I need help with my food. Is there anyone that could make me um, some stocks and some foods for healing? And um, there's been people who volunteered in that area and are taking her food. And this is for free. This is not for money, you know. And it's just so beautiful to see that kind of support. And you may not know anyone in your area that could do that for you. So get in these groups and connect with people. And um, it's so important. Absolutely. Mm. Also, there's the flip side of people as well. There's the positive, helpful, reinforcing side, but then there's also the people who are negative on your life, Mm. people who are uh, close to you and lifelong friends or things like that. And you, you may, without knowing it, be addicted to their drama and um, have a really, really close look on who it is that you are giving your energy to. Yeah. You, if you're, if you need healing, then your energy is not an infinite resource. It's quite finite and it should be directed to the things that are vital to your life. So that means you you can't go around giving your energy to people who just are like vampires, just Mm. suck you dry. And um, it's really, really important to identify these people. And like the patterns are, um, I guess, 
someone who's demanding or complains a lot or whose life never is good. Like whatever they can, can be going on in their life, they're looking at the, the bad side of it or they're critical, self-critical or critical to you or to others. Mm. They can be dramatic. Um, people that you can see are not accepting responsibility in their lives. So have a look and see which people fall in these categories. And I'm not saying that you should stop talking to them, but find a new way of engaging with them that just doesn't feed the drama that is caused by encountering them. And that means that you can um, sympathize instead of empathize. So sympathy yeah. is when you can just say, oh, this sounds uh, bad, but you, you're not trying to solve the problem. You're not trying to feel how they feel. Because if they're feeling sad, you might want to feel sad just so that you resonate with them emotionally. That's not necessary. You don't need to feel sad so that you can help someone. You can still feel very positive. You can still feel very strong. And it's not the kind of strength that um, you know will, will demand something from you. If it's demanding something from you, if you need to pull yourself up to be strong in order to give a good, good example, that's sucking your energy. So you need to be able to be in your own equilibrium when you deal with people like that and not to have to give them more of the energy that you you just really desperately need for yourself. Yeah. And it, it's, this is especially true when, like Claude said, when you're healing and you're, you're in that survival mode, um, you have to be so careful that you're not getting sucked dry by mm. everyone around you. And sometimes you've got less of a... Um, uh, what's the word? You just can't handle as much um, of that. So you need to be really careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. Oh, cool. Jojo, leave it at that. Yeah. Well, um, it, we hope that that's been helpful. We've got lots more points to go through. Maybe we can do some more another podcast we'll, we'll put up the document i'm gonna yeah we will document up so look out for the document info in the show notes of this episode i'll make sure that it's up uh, in time for friday and um, yeah that'll be good yeah and then if you've got any questions or anything that you want to ask to elaborate on just send us an email at help at quirkycooking.com.au also don't forget Come to my dinner on the 6th of September. Yes. <laughs> Come see us in Hobart, in Bernie, in Launceston, or in Melbourne. Um, the dates will be up on the podcast as well, so you can come check us out and uh, say hello come um, hang out hang out with us and just uh, eat some good food and uh, learn something new in the seminars as well come and spend some time with some supportive like-minded people <laughs> make some new friends yes grow your community actually that is the dinners are a great way to make new friends that are like-minded because you sit at the table and chat over good food. Absolutely, yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a sh- sharing feast. So you'll be sitting with mm. other people on the table. And, um, yeah, I hope you come and enjoy. Uh, well, thank you, Fouad, for being my support network. That's all right, Joe. I'm, <laughs> I'm not your entire support network. No, <laughs> but you get your poor thing. You have to put up with a lot of it. <laughs> That's all right. It's my, it's my pleasure, Joe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> pleasure to help you be able to reach that many people. So oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, right. everyone, for listening. Chat to you later. Bye. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.